Today is Friday, March 5th, and you're listening to The Morning Announcements. I'm Sammy Sage. In case anyone was wondering what happened with QAnon's latest conspiracy, Donald Trump did not get inaugurated as president yesterday, at least as of this recording. And fortunately, there were no attacks that materialized against the Capitol, despite warnings that there could be. However, it was announced that the Capitol Police have requested a two-month extension of National Guard presence in D.C. in response to continuing threats from militia groups. There are currently 5,200 National Guard troops stationed in D.C. through March 12th, and the extension is being considered by the Department of Defense. Maybe we should just pretend D.C. is a statue of Christopher Columbus that BLM protesters are coming for. Given the warnings of potential attacks on the Capitol yesterday, a few important votes in the House of Representatives happened late Wednesday night, and two important pieces of legislation were passed. The first was the George Floyd Justice in Policing Act, which would create the nation's first police misconduct registry, finally offering a nationwide system to monitor complaints and record police abuses. It also bans chokeholds and no-knock warrants in certain cases, as well as mandates data collection on police encounters, prohibits racial and religious profiling, and redirects funding to community-based policing programs. Just one Republican, Representative Lance Gooden of Texas, voted for the bill. But it was apparently an accident because he just pressed the wrong voting button. Imagine voting for the thing that would stop cops from murdering black people and then basically just being like, oops, sorry, I meant to do the racist thing. I promise I'm still racist. The second bill to pass the House was H.R. 1, a sweeping voting rights package and democracy reform bill to combat voter suppression. H.R. 1 includes provisions that require more transparency in campaign finance, stricter standards for lobbyists, a slew of measures to increase ballot access, including expansions of voter registration, mail-in early voting, and expanded election security measures. Next, these two bills full of things that would fix a lot of problems will head to the Senate, where Joe Manchin will personally strangle them to death with his own self-righteousness. For our next three stories, come join me over in Republican Scandal Corner. We have three sets of allegations to talk about today. The first is Elaine Chao, who was Secretary of Transportation under Donald Trump and the wife of the one and only Mitch McConnell. According to a report from the Transportation Department's Inspector General, which is essentially an internal watchdog, Elaine Chao repeatedly used her position and agency staff to help her family members who run a shipping business with ties to China. The Inspector General cited Chao for four kinds of ethics violations, including requiring her department's staff to help with personal errands and with marketing her father's biography. Needless to say, this violates ethics laws, or in Republican speak, who the fuck cares unless Democrats are doing it laws. Next, we have Representative Ronnie Jackson. You may remember him as Trump's former doctor who once declared that, quote, some people just have great genes in reference to the former president and said that he, quote, has absolutely no cognitive or mental issues whatsoever. Person, woman, man, camera, TV. Anyway, Ronnie Jackson is now a newly elected congressional representative from Texas. Republican, of course. And this week, a Pentagon Inspector General report was released which found that Jackson engaged in inappropriate conduct while serving as the top White House physician. The report says Jackson drank alcohol, made sexual comments to subordinates, and took the sedative Ambien while working, and that he mistreated subordinates and disparaged, belittled, bullied, and humiliated them. In one incident, a female subordinate recounted how an intoxicated Jackson knocked on her door during a 2014 trip to Philippines and said, I need you. 
You know, it wasn't hot when Don Draper did it, and it's definitely not hot when you do it, Ronnie. For our last scandal, today at least, we have Representative Madison Cawthorn. In case you haven't heard about this guy, he's a newly elected congressman from North Carolina. He's also 25 and the youngest member of Congress. And before we get into the latest allegations, it's important to know some background on Cawthorn. Cawthorn relies on a wheelchair due to a car accident he got into in 2014. He's lied multiple times about the crash, including claiming that his friend in the crash left him for dead, which is false, and that the crash derailed his dream of going to the Naval Academy. This is also false because he had actually been rejected from the Naval Academy before his crash. And fun fact, Mark Meadows was the one who had nominated him for the Naval Academy and he still didn't get in. Cawthorn has a long list of scandals, including visiting Hitler's vacation home and Instagramming it, and promising to use his position of power to convert Muslims, Jews, and other non-Christians to Christianity. Now he's facing allegations of sexual harassment and misconduct by several women who say he put them in uncomfortable situations when he was a college student. According to one classmate, his MO was to take vulnerable women out on what he called fun drives in his car and to make advances. In addition to this, at least two women have also alleged that Cawthorn had forcibly kissed or touched them years ago. While Cawthorn was running for Congress in October, more than 150 former students signed onto a letter blasting him for his behavior while at school, which they wrote was marked by gross misconduct towards our female peers. During his brief time at the college, Cawthorn established a reputation for predatory behavior. It sounds like Cawthorn is the ideal presidential candidate for the Republican Party. Thank you for listening to the morning announcements. If you're enjoying this podcast and want to show your support, head over to our iTunes feed to rate, review, and subscribe, or follow this podcast if you're listening on Spotify. For our afternoon tea episode this week, I interviewed Maya Wiley, lawyer, professor, activist, and now a candidate for NYC mayor. You can find each new episode of Afternoon Tea on Fridays in the Betcha Up podcast feed. If you haven't heard what Afternoon Tea is about, I'll be sitting down with some of the most interesting people in politics and media to chat about the things we care about most. So be sure to subscribe or follow wherever you listen and stay tuned for a quick teaser from today's new episode. Until next week, I'm Sammy Sage, and now you know what the fuck is going on. So this mayoral election will involve ranked choice voting for the first time, which you are an advocate for. Can you explain what ranked choice voting really is and why it could be a more accurate way of electing an official? Fundamentally, ranked choice voting is a democratic reform, a pro-democracy reform. You're going to have a lot of choices in this race. But instead of just picking one, rank your choices. And in New York City, you will be able to rank up to five people. If there is not a clear winner in the first round of voting, right? The person with the least votes gets thrown out and it just gets retabulated. It means that you don't have to come back to the vote polls a second time to say who your second choice was. (laughs) And that is important because for low-income people, for people who live paycheck to paycheck, they don't come back to the polls the second time. And so we dilute our civic engagement, we dilute our our political voice. And so often it's the most vulnerable whose voices are diluted. Betches.